Hello and welcome to Groove Therapy, a podcast that explores the effects of live music on our brains, bodies, and our lives and provides a space for you, our listener, to learn more about how you can bring the magic of live music into your everyday life. My name is Dr. Leah Taylor and I am joined here with my fantastic co-host, Tara Lee Weathers. Hi. (laughs) Hi, Tara Lee. Welcome, welcome. Yay, I'm so happy to be here. Yes, I'm very happy that you're here as well, and I am happy to be here too, and we are so happy that you are here joining us too. Yes, so let's just take a second to arrive and be centered so you can get the most out of the next approximately one hour of your life. So it's available to you if you're not like driving or riding on a unicorn or something like that. Close your eyes and put your hands on your heart. And we're just going to take three deep breaths together. So take a deep breath in through your nose and exhale out your mouth. (sighs) Inhale through your nose. Exhale out your mouth. And inhale. And exhale. And may our time together be the best time of your life. And so it is. (laughs) And so it is. Ah, thank you so much. I really needed that. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) It's amazing what a little like conscious breathing, because I mean, we're breathing all the time, but conscious breathing can do. Totally. Yeah, I felt a little rushed coming into this and uh, it was a nice opportunity to just arrive so that we can be fully present with what we're talking about today. Yeah, and I'm really excited about what we're talking about today. (laughs) I am too. I am too. So we are here at our third part of our three-part series where we asked fans and musicians and other people in the industry the same questions, three questions. And so this episode is really all about digging into a memorable experience that they have had since the return of live music, which I think Well, why did we decide to kind of focus on those for the last two episodes? Do you remember, Tara Lee? The first one of these three was episode 35, where we talked about the meaning of live music. And then episode 36 was, how has your mental health been affected since the return of live music? And now with this one, it's to describe a memorable experience since the return of live music. Yeah, well... I know that you have talked about that science says that when you are like reminiscing about a show and like thinking about it, that your body actually doesn't like know the difference and it can bring you right back into those like amazing show feels. So maybe that's why we chose this so we can bring the people we were interviewing back to those times. And then also as a listener, like listening to other people talk about those times, you're totally going to relate with what they're saying if you've ever experienced a live music show. And so it may evoke those feelings for you as well. Yes, for sure. Definitely. And that's why actually the breathing is so important because the way that you are going to be most brought back to that experience and most positively affected by the memory of that experience is if you're as immersed as possible in that memory, right? Because it's when we evoke all of our senses that our brain doesn't know that it's not actually happening. So, you know, we can have like kind of fleeting thoughts of memories throughout our day. 
And that can be beneficial, but we're really going to get the most benefit when we are have our eyes closed and we are imagining what we saw and we can hear what we hear and we can try to smell what we smelled and we can, if taste was involved, we can taste what we taste and we can also feel what we felt. And because otherwise, if say somebody is listening Well, as you're listening, because obviously somebody is listening, you are listening right now. As you're listening to this episode, you might be cleaning your house or driving your car or thinking about something else. So the more that you're bringing in like thoughts of something else, the less you're going to be positively impacted. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes complete sense. Yeah. So I thought it was important to be clear about that we can get the most benefit from our past experiences by really immersing ourselves back into them. Yeah. Well, I want to immerse myself back into some that I've had. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I can experience those benefits right now. (laughs) Yes. Well, why don't you tell us about a memorable experience that you've had with live music? Yeah, there's actually two that really stick out in my mind. And I've mentioned this one before, but it was a show in Vermont. And it was a really small show in like the middle of the woods (laughs) in beautiful Vermont in the summer. I remember it was really chilly and like, kind of humid and sticky and... I don't know, something about that just like makes me feel so happy. Um, It just like, I don't know, Vermont summers, that's like kind of how they're like. And neighbor was playing this little festival up there. And there was just this one moment when Richard James was singing this power ballad. And he was like, letting I don't know, he it was like that, you know, when someone's just channeling something and like, everything's just coming through him. That's like what it was like when he was singing and it was so powerful. And everybody just put their arms around each other. Like everybody who was at this venue at that time had their arms around each other. And we were swaying side to side. And I didn't know the words of the song, but a lot of people that are huge neighbor fans knew every word to the song and they were singing out loud and people were crying. And it was just so many feels, but it was just like, we really are in this thing all together. And it was so powerful. And it was definitely like one of my like, most memorable experiences. And then another one I had was at Fish in Atlantic City. And I spent a lot of time dancing in the ocean at that show. And I look over and I see Dawn Jenkins from Female Centrics. And we were just like ran to each other and shared a big hug. And then we danced in the ocean together. And it was just like everything was right in the world in that moment. And we were just having the best time. I couldn't think of anything else except for like the water splashing around me and all the other people that were around and the music and the lights and just like our connection that we had. It was like magic was so normal and that that time. And I was so grateful. And it was just it like sticks out to me so much. I love those. I love listening and just watching you. You had your eyes closed as you were (laughs) reminiscing about them. And I could tell that you were totally in it. That was awesome. Yeah. I feel like like you said, when you close your eyes, you have a more powerful experience. And I, I really did. I felt like I was there and back again. And I feel different than I did before talking about that story. Yeah. What do you notice in your body right now? I feel like I'm more like open and free and happier. Mm, That sounds amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I want the same thing for you. So can you tell me and listeners out there about um, 
a memorable experience that you've had since the return of music? Yes. So I have mentioned this in an episode before, but it was just such a memorable experience that there's nothing else that compares in my mind right now. So I'm going to tell it again. And it was the Fish Shoreline show the first night on Tuesday, which was like a bonus show for me because I wasn't planning on going to Tahoe. It just didn't work out for my work schedule. But when they had to reschedule to Shoreline because of the fires in Tahoe, it opened up the possibility that I could go to at least one of those shows. And so I actually felt like Tuesday was the show that I needed to get to. I just had this like hunch that that was the one. So I finagled the end of my work schedule that day and I drove down there and it was the first fish show that I had seen since Dick's 2019 So that also was exciting in itself. And I got there and my friends, so Shoreline is usually the pavilion is, uh, is assigned seating, but because of the switch, it was all GA. And so people had to get there early to get wristband to get down to the pavilion. And my friends had showed up early, but I couldn't show up early because I had to work but I was able to get down there to be with my friends. And so I arrived and I was just like so excited and so happy. So I'm coming in on this like total high and they opened the show with Glide. And it was just like, I mean, from the very beginning notes of the show, and then they played Colonel Forbin, which was, a lot of people don't know this, but it was a sign that somebody had in the pavilion. And my friend and I saw it And we were like, oh my gosh, are they going to play it? And they went into it either the second song or the third song. So it didn't take long for Trey to be like, yeah, we're going to do this. And they played Glide. And then I'm pretty sure it was Colonel Forbin and then Mockingbird. And then I think it was Wolfman's brother that they played right after that. And then right after that, so it's like total rockin' and just felt really special and intimate already. And right after Wolfman's Brother, and this is the part that stands out to me, they went into If I Could. And If I Could was a song that I had been chasing since I started seeing fish in 1998. (laughs) And when I heard those first notes of that song, my whole body just like lit up in the biggest freaking way. It was like every cell of my body was activated in the sense of holy freaking shit. This is happening right now. And I am just like on freaking cloud nine. And I had chosen to really be sober for that show. It just felt like the right thing for me to do. And so I was like so present and so lit up in such a natural way that when I heard those notes, my whole being just went and I tried to remain as present as possible as they played if I could. And I wanted to take it all in. So of course, I looked over at my friend who it was her first fish show and she knew how important if I could was to me. And I don't even know if she knew that like that was a song, but in that moment, she knew something extremely exciting was happening for me. And she was right there with me. And she like gave me the biggest hug and she picked me up 
And she didn't spin me around, but I felt <laughs> as if I was spinning around with my feet just like lifted up, but also super grounded. And I I cried and I let the tears just like roll down my face so that I could really have that powerful emotional experience of hearing that song that I had been chasing for so long. And I closed my eyes, but then I would open my eyes and I would like turn around and look at the crowd behind me. And then I'd close my eyes again and I'd put my hand on my heart. And it was just like the most amazing thing. And that show still stands out in my mind. I mean, it was an amazing show. Like the end of first set, everybody was like, oh my God, that was such a good first set. And it really was. And it it just makes me so happy. It's just like the... Just like when you have that thing that you're like chasing and then all of a sudden it's happening in that moment. And it's like just felt so fulfilling to me. And I was just really glad that I could really be as present as I was able to be for it because I feel like there are times that it could have happened in the past and I wouldn't have been able to receive it in the way that I did that night. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for bringing me and everybody else along for that journey. I like I felt it. I could like feel what you were feeling and like, woohoo, like, holy moly. That was like, there's a thing your brain does that where you merge things that happen and they become new memories. And I feel like your mm-hmm. memory is going to be now part of my memory. <laughs> and I might, <laughs> as I get older, think that it happened to me. <laughs> or like that you were right there with me as it was yeah, happening. Like, yeah. yeah, I was a chore line. <laughs> yeah, I picked her up and I spun her around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You are now my friend Krista. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, and how do you feel now that you like shared that story? I feel so lit up, just like I was describing. Every cell in my body feels like it's vibrating right now with energy. Yeah, I could tell. You look different. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel different. I even I have tears that like are in the corners of my eyes. It was so emotional. Yay. Well, so now I'm so looking forward to hear what the fans and musicians and the people that put on music have to say about this and what their experience was, because I want to be brought in. (laughs) It feels so good. It really does. I know. Yay. Yes. So let's all immerse ourselves in their experiences so that we can benefit from them as well. So if you're able, I know a lot of people listen to podcasts while they're doing other things, but if you have the opportunity to really bring yourself as present as possible, this would be the episode to do that for. That's the invitation. sit back and relax because your mind is about to be blown. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, let's start with some fans' experiences. So we are going to start with Jackie in California, and we're going to see what she has to say. Since I have to say, I was back in August... At the Gorge, it was our first live show back, and just walking in the entrance and seeing the sign that said, Welcome to the Gorge, and just the overall excitement of entering the venue, not only just to see fish after so long, but um, it was a first time um, at that venue for me, was really exciting. And also, um, sitting, sitting there before the show, looking at the view, taking it all in, seeing the smiling faces of everybody, enjoying the day. That was that was just a wonderful feeling. And also 
Harpua in Vegas this year. That was pretty forgettable, too. Ah, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, there's nothing like that feeling of walking. And I've been to the gorge and where it says, welcome to the gorge. Like, I know exactly what she's talking about. And I also really love when she talked about, like, seeing everyone's smiling faces. Like, I can just picture that. And it just makes me so happy. Yeah. Yeah. And it actually, that's kind of related to what we were talking about, how we can turn our minds back to these experiences that we've had and we can receive benefits from them. And when we have already had such amazing and memorable experiences at live music, or especially with a one band in particular, when we go back to see that same band, we have all of that anticipation and all of those memories are coming with us. So it actually kind of heightens that level of positivity and benefit because we're bringing with us all of those other experiences that we've had and they're like right there to access in addition to this new experience that we're about to have too. Yeah, that makes so much sense to me, which is why like these venues that Fish often plays at, like the second I get on the grounds, I'm just like, oh my gosh. But if I was just there on a regular day, it wouldn't feel like that. Exactly. Yeah. So it's especially like, obviously, we're talking about Fish right now, but it could be whatever band that you love and you go to see multiple times. Like the fact that you have seen them multiple times lives in your body and your being and your cells and Every time you return back to see them, it's like another layer of activation that's happening. But you still have all of those previous layers of activation. So it's like charging you up like, yes. like even more. That's why the more shows you go to, the better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also, not every show is going to be the best show ever. But because you have likely had so many positive experiences, like it kind of balances it out. So even if it's a flop or you feel like it's a flop because of whatever you're going through, it's not actually a flop. It's just another part of your experience. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So next up, we have Kevin from Colorado. And this was taken during the Colorado Fish Dick's Run in 2021, and this is at set break, so it's a little bit loud, just a heads up. So here's Kevin. Yeah, I'm going to think about this one for a few seconds, because, you know, I've been seeing these guys since the early 90s, and, you know, they're going on 40 years. I'm going on 30 years with them, if you, you know, factor in all the hiatuses and the time off. Yeah. Um, real great experience was um, to close out 94 summer. They, they closed out Face in Vermont, Sugarbush, and uh, my dad and my family had a farmhouse in, in Warren, Vermont on Brick Road, and uh, threw a great barbecue, threw a great party, and then we all went up in the field and took the school bus over, and that was, that was when, like, it felt like, you know, it was it was Trey's last show as a bachelor. He was getting married, like, you know, two months later. Yeah. And the energy was amazing. And so many people snuck in. There were 16,000 people up on Inverness and Sugarbush North. Just raging. Just, just an amazing. I think the Harpua, you know, when he did the Harpua, and he did the Harpua story about, you know, there's nothing like Vermont, you know. And uh, there's a lot of Vermonters around and, and a lot of locals. And uh, it was magical. Wow. 
Yeah, Vermont. <laughs> I'm glad I live here. <laughs> yeah, and another Harpua. Yeah. What is so special about Harpua, I wonder? <laughs> I don't know. I can't, I think? am not good at ex- putting that into words, but I like, whenever they talk about it, I'm like, yeah, every time I've seen Harpua, it's been like, it's a magical thing to witness. It's so different. Yeah, I think for me, I can only speak from my experience, but for me, it's the music plus the narration. Yeah, the storytelling. It's like, yeah, because it's different every time and it's coming from the moment. It's being like birthed in the moment. So the music in itself is like fun and it gets me going already. But then the story of it is just like takes it to another level. And actually, this reminds me of what we were talking about with Ezra, how Ezra was talking about when music can evoke multiple parts, right? So like the cognitive part and the spiritual part and the somatic body part and the emotional part. And I think that Harpua is one of those songs that can really get all of those going. And it's the story part of it that really gets that cognitive piece going well and emotional because stories evoke emotions right storytelling is emotional yeah and that was the episode with Ezra Ezra was episode 32 if you want to go back and give it a listen nice good job yeah look at me (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that was so cool and obviously that was at 94 so that was a really long time ago but that still really stands out for Kevin and as he was talking about kind of putting us into the scene with like 16,000 people and it was right before Trey got married. And so it was just like a big celebration and how people were sneaking in. And like, I just got brought into that experience with all of that. I did too. Like I wasn't there, but I feel like I was. Again, that now is going to be in my memory. (laughs) Like, oh, remember that time when I was at Sugarbush in 1996? (laughs) It was awesome. I snuck in. I gave Trey a hug and was like, oh, we're getting married. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So fun. All right. Well, let's see what our next person has to say. And so now we're going to travel to Vermont. Actually, we're traveling to Lake George, but that's really close to Vermont, to the Adirondack (laughs) Music Festival. The Adirondack Music Festival in Lake George. Awesome. Let's see what they have to say there. All right. Next, we're going to hear from Sonia Jefferson and Tom Path. They are pretty much sparkly force behind the band neighbor um, doing merch and lots of other things. And so I'm super excited to hear what they have to say. So today I actually had a peak live music experience right here at the um, Adirondack Independent Music Festival. Neighbor just played and they played my favorite song, which is called Thunder Island. And it's about all the fans and kind of how we <laughs> we used to take set break on this like traffic island because we didn't want to clog the sidewalk for like real neighbors that lived in the neighborhood. So we'd always take set break there and the band wrote a song about it. And it's about all of the fans and, and kind of like our community and growing and all of that. Anyway, they played it today and I got very emotional. I started crying because it's my absolute favorite song and it was like so cool to like see them play it to all these new fans. Hopefully they felt like what we had. It was such a special thing we had before uh, Thunder Road closed where neighbor had their residency. Um, it closed 
uh, due to COVID. So we'll never get that back. And honestly, I think it's too small for them now anyway. But that was certainly a, a peak moment for me. I got very emotional there for about the first minute of the song. I think a peak for me was like, uh, with Neighbor, we were doing our whole live stream winter series, and uh, we were able to do these inside and uh, have our streaming service, and we were able to see so many, so much great music. And uh, for me, uh, Lonely Rider has always been like my peak song for this band, Neighbor, and it's it's always been such an amazing experience. I know, like on Sonya's birthday, we were able to have that song played, and that was just like so special to me. And uh, I know that for you, happy like birthday the happy birthday to you in there, that was like so lovely. It's like just so special to us and how how we were able to be together for that. Love that. So. Mm, it's I love Sonia talking about Thunder Road or Thunder Island, I think it was called, because I was in Boston. It's a town right outside of or part of Boston. When I was there, had no clue that neighbor or anything was going on. I was with a friend and. I just happened to be walking when it was set break and there were all these magical people on this island, like in the middle of the road. (laughs) And I was like, what is going on? Like these sparkly, magical, happy, like the way she described community, like they all just loved each other. I was like, what is happening right now? And then as I got closer, someone, I think it might even been Tom, yelled, hey, Tara Lee, what are you doing here? (laughs) And then I realized (laughs) I knew so many of those people. And they're like, the band Neighbor is playing. I was like, what? Oh my gosh. And that is such a little magical thing that they did and that they had and how... They wrote a song about this like experience that people had at the shows. And every time they play that, the people that were there are going to be brought right back to that magical oasis that they had in the middle. It was like literally in the middle of a road on a like cement like thing, <laughs> a cement <laughs> island. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fun. And like, it's fun to hear how energetically you were really drawn to them. <laughs> You're like, <"Ooh>, <laughs> who are these people? They're my people. Before you even knew that like you knew them <laughs> and they were your people, you were like ready to probably go and, and introduce yourself and be a part of them already. Yeah. I was like, I don't know who you are, but I want to be best friends. And I was like, oh, I do know who you are. And we are friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fun. Yeah. And again, like evoking that emotional aspect of the experience. Yeah. Well, and both of them, their songs and stories, their peak experiences that they shared were tied to something. So like the remembrance of Thunder Island, and then there's a song about it, and it brought them back to that moment. And then how it was Sonia's favorite birthday or favorite song. And they got to hear that together on her birthday and how that was special. So now whenever they play it, I'm sure they're going to be brought right back to that moment and feel it. But there was like an emotional significance like tied to why that experience was their most memorable one. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to hear what others have to say. Let's see who is next. Me too. (laughs) All right. So next up, we have Brett Wilson from Roots of Creation. So I guess a a recent peak live music experience for me on two levels was we played this annual festival in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania called Rock Ray and Relief. Um, And my friend Lucas throws that for his Pyatt Foundation. Basically, they shut down downtown Pittsburgh and they have a couple thousand people come and they raise a lot of money for different causes. So this year they raised... 
think almost a hundred thousand dollars for um, people that don't have enough food to eat to get food from restaurants that they're going to waste and have that food go to the people in need and then service industry people that have been out of work because of COVID. So it's a, a good cause. And like that started downpouring and raining and our set kept getting pushed back and pushed back. And we thought we almost weren't going to be able to play. And by the time we played, it ended up working out better because everybody was pent up. And they rushed the stage and we only had 45 minutes instead of an hour and 15 minutes. And we just went balls to the wall. And that was like a peak experience. And then, but it was a really hard day just because of the logistics and the rain and stuff like that. So we set up merch and we were really tired because it was our third day of travel. Um, So then a peak experience later for me listening was my girlfriend and I were just like exhausted, bickering and arguing or whatever. And then instead of like either of us trying to win the argument, Jason Mraz was playing his love song, I Won't Give Up on Us. And she just grabbed my hand and pulled me out to dance. And we both started crying and then we you know we had a good time and it was like the music like brought us back together rather than like i'm right you're right you know what i mean it was stupid shit you know what i mean so those were two you know that was like a release you know for us so it was a good day Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) i had i mean i've gotten goosebumps multiple times during uh as i've been listening to these experiences but as he was talking about his girlfriend grabbing his hand like my whole body just went into chills about that because that what a fantastic insight that she had that like they didn't need to try to finish the fight or you know see who's right it was just like let's just be in the moment together and how they were both crying and like that's that's so sweet yeah yeah and i love that he was able to share a peak experience from him playing live and then also seeing live music too that's really awesome because it's to be able to see both perspectives yeah and i think the thing that was the same in both of those experiences where things were really stressful and hard before. And then right when the music started or he started playing music, it all just went away and was like, everything is right in the world. Because when you're playing music or in a musical experience, you're just present Mm -hmm. with whatever is and whatever is, is amazing music playing. And when he was telling the story, it totally brought me into and made me remember the times where I was maybe having a hard time or whatever. And then the music started playing and it just melted away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, it just like reminds me of that holistic experience of music that Ezra was talking about, because I feel like so often we can just get caught up in our heads. We're like living in that cognitive piece. And that's where everything feels really stressful and we want to be right or nothing seems to be going right. And but then when we're able to access those other parts, like the body feels of the moment and the emotional feels of the moment and the spiritual connection of feeling connected to everything, then all of a sudden, whatever it was that was happening in our mind that felt like so dramatic and so overwhelming, it's not even a thing anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that is what makes live music so powerful because not that we can't have that same experience listening to recorded music because we, I know we can, and a lot of people have, but the live environment It's like so in your face (laughs) that it's like it really pulls you into it to where you don't even really have to try. It's like all of a sudden you're feeling your body 
being massaged by the sound waves and you're feeling those emotions come up without even having to activate them yourself. And you're feeling that spiritual connection to everything and everybody around you without even really having to try. It just happens. Yeah, that's why I love it so yeah. much. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to our next person. All right. Now we're going to hear from Alexandra Dempsey, Tour Wife, Tour Life. Physical performance I've experienced since music has come back after the pandemic would be Fish in Atlantic City. I really wasn't feeling too well one of the nights and I almost didn't go, but I knew that they would play First Tube. And they did. And I cried. And it was amazing. And I was right in the probably the fourth row. So it was just really fun. It was just me and Ryan. It was his first time being that close to the stage. And it's just always so fun to see them play first tube. I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) I could just like it's so cute. I could just like see her like kind of being like grumpy. And then all of a sudden, first tube comes on and just be like everything's right in the world and just crying (laughs) and like seeing her husband witness it too from like the closest he's ever been like I just she just like brought me into that whole situation and it's such a simple nice story but like we all can relate to that yes absolutely and I love the part that she was like I almost didn't go but I knew that they were gonna play first tube (laughs) and so that got her there so (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody listening, like listen to those little pings, those little insights that you get. And I know that we don't always make it happen, but it makes it so much more fulfilling. I feel like when it does, when we're like, yes, I knew this, or it doesn't even have to be like the specifics, but it's like, I knew something amazing was going to happen. And that's why I had to get myself here. And that's super fulfilling. Yeah. Yeah, I always like I pretty much know every time they're going to play Sleeping Monkey. I want them to play it at every show, but (laughs) they don't. And that's okay. But I like I have a feeling a lot of times when I'm like, this is the show that they're going to do it. And I'm like, almost always right. So our inner wisdom is really wise. You got to listen to it. Oh, my gosh. That brings up actually a memorable experience for me with Sleeping Monkey. I love that song. And it was at Meriwether. And 2016 or something. And I was really close. I was like, I don't know, two rows off Mike's side. And they encored with Sleeping Monkey. And they were talking about how it was Paige's favorite song. And it was just so sweet. And the end, the crowd ended up serenading them. And Trey, like, turned the microphone around so that we could capture the whole crowd. And oh, my gosh, that just still gives me chills whenever I think about it. It's so sweet. Ah, yes. Oh, I wish I was at that one. I was in Hartford, I don't know, 2010-ish, and they played it. I could be wrong about the year. I'm like, it all blends into one. But I remember it just being the perfect temperature and the wind was blowing the most perfect way. And every time I feel a warm breeze, that's the perfect temperature. It brings me right back to that sleeping monkey every time. Yes, I know. There's something about the wind for me, too, that really... I love it when I'm at a show outside and there's a point where the wind just becomes magical and it just really brings that helps to bring me into presence. 
Yeah, me too. I always put my arms like out as wide as I can, my legs like spread apart <laughs> and my eyes closed with a big smile on my face and just feel that wind in every <laughs> cell and pore on my body. And I really, every time I feel that exact breeze, it brings me back to that moment and other moments that I've had too. Mm. Mm, so powerful. Almost always at shows. Because I mean, I feel breezes all the time, <laughs> but they're not special. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so magical. All right. Well, let's hear <laughs> what Ryan Dempsey has to say. Yeah, I just got back from fish at the gorge. And so I was out there and I got back from Atlantic City, too. Both were great shows, but there was a moment with Trey and the band where they were in an improvisational I can't remember the song they were in, but they were going for it, taking risks. And Trey went into his mode of mouth open, staring aimlessly into the crowd and just smiling and humming his notes before he played them. And it was really cool to see that. And I was really up close to the stage too, so I got to film it and watch it. They were just having so much fun. Also during the silent jam in Divided Sky, when they just get quiet and stand still, and you hear the audience just booming for minutes, just loud screaming and throwing glow sticks, and everyone's just so happy, and they're not even playing a single note. That's one of my favorite parts of Fish, that they're the only band that can do that, not do anything, and cause the biggest uproar in their fan base, the energy that comes through is very, yeah, peaking, and you just feel a part of the moment. It's very special. Oh, I had goosebumps that whole time of him describing that silence that they do and how much I freak out every time that happens. <laughs> <laughs> Can you describe what's happening for you in your body when there's that silence? I think it's because they gave us this break from the music where it's just everything that's been building up just has this time and space to be mm. let out. And it's just like, <laughs> 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 and everybody just can't contain it and lets it out at one time. Yeah. And it also feels like to me, it might have, it's like the anticipation too. And, and it's different. Like how often does a band intentionally take that time for silence? I feel like, and I don't know this to be whether it's true or not, but I feel like that would feel really vulnerable and scary to a lot of bands to just stand there on stage, not play yeah. music intentionally. Yeah. And having everyone just like react to whatever it is that's happening and you just have to sit there and take it. <laughs> that would be definitely really yeah, scary. That's so powerful. And I thought it was really cool how he was talking about Trey hums his notes before he plays them. I mean, I've definitely never noticed that before. Yeah, me either. Now I want to <laughs> go see a show so I can see him do it. I know. I'm going to be paying attention. I don't know whether I'll catch it or not. But it also reminded me of how I like to hum the notes. That's something that I've brought mm -hmm. into my live musical experience over the last probably seven years now. It's been I've been doing it for a while. But for me, it's like just another layer of the somatic experience. Because when we hum, we're actually activating our vagus nerve. So I feel like 
especially in live music, the vagus nerve has a huge impact on us. And the vagus nerve is our, the largest nerve in our parasympathetic nervous system. It expands from really like the whole length of our torso and all the way up into our brain. And it has to do with relaxation and feeling safe. And it is activated. And actually, it starts in right around our ear canal, which is why it's so activated with with sound, but can also be activated when we use our own sound, like humming. And so I don't know. It was just like something that I intuitively started doing. Like it just felt good to start humming along with the music. And especially if there's a jam part where there's, because when we sing, we're also activating like that, those vocal cords and bringing that vibration into our own body. So we're feeling the music from the outside, but we're also stimulating the vibration from the inside by singing. And, but then of course, in an improv jam, there's no singing that's happening. So I just like started humming during those times. And it's like just really soothing to my body and it feels really good. It's soothing, but also activating at the same time. Yeah, I am going to Mexico and I am going to 100% try that. And that makes so much sense that it's like calming because there's an exercise that someone taught me where you plug your ears and put your hands over your eyes and hum mm-hmm. when you're feeling super overwhelmed by the environment around you. So a lot of times at like an airport or if I'm at a busy mall or something like that and it's just like chaos all around or even when I'm just like at home and working and like I just need a moment and I do that and I just hum. It brings me to a state of relaxation so mm-hmm. fast. So I can only imagine adding that to your live music experience as a conscious thing that you do, how how impactful that would be. So what a great thing to share with the listeners so they can maybe try yeah. that too. So let us know how it goes if you decide to try it out. And Tara Lee, let me know what your experience is like. I'm excited to find out. Yeah, I'm going to have to set a reminder in my phone for right before <laughs> <laughs> I le- I go to the show for my hotel room that says, Remember to hum. (laughs) Yeah. And it's funny that you brought up at an airport because I used that technique at an airport. One time I was going through security and this woman in front of me was so anxious and upset. And then, of course, her bag ended up getting pulled and, and checked. And she was just, oh, my gosh, she was not going with the flow at all. And it was stressing yeah. me out. And I just like instinctively just started humming like something super simple, like row, row, row your boat or something like that. And I was like, oh, look, I'm humming to myself. I must need to be comforted in this moment. But yeah, it can be really helpful wherever yeah. you are. All right. Well, let's see what our next person has to say. All right. Now we're going to hear from Eric Gold, and he's from Pink Talking Fish and Marble Eyes, amongst many other bands. Since we've come back, well, I'm going to give you two. One wasn't really a comeback. It was in the middle of it. It was the first drive-in show and public event that Pink Talking Fish did in July of last year. So we were still deep in it. Vaccines weren't out. The drive-in shows were one of the only things that we could do minus like small, smaller, like public uh, or private, uh, you know, socially distanced scenarios or very, very small potted scenarios. But the drive-in, this was the first thing where it was like 400 cars. So there were a lot of people there and it was done in a really safe way. 
it was our first real show back and we prepared some really fun things and we weren't we hadn't worked that hard at a show in a little while and it felt so good to prepare something and to release it out there on top of the energy of us playing together in public for the first time since the shutdown it was a huge moment it was we did all these movie themes within it so we were doing um like the theme to jurassic park in the middle of nothing but flowers in the middle of 2001 we went into eye of the tiger like we were doing all these cool things within it and uh and it's a really fun show that we did so that was one nice peak that we had Another one was just last night. As I told you before, Marbleize is a band that formed amidst the pandemic. And it was a, a silver lining during this challenging time. And we're based in Seacoast, New Hampshire. And the most prestigious outdoor music stage in Seacoast is called Prescott Park, right in the heart of Portsmouth. And we had the honor of headlining that stage last night. Just a little over a year later, here we are on one of the most amazing stages in our hometown, in our region, and it just felt amazing. And it really, with things that we have coming, it really symbolized the end of a chapter, of chapter one of what this band is. And we all felt it, and it was really powerful. And... We're moving on to the beginning of chapter two coming up here with, with so many awesome things happening. But that was a moment right there. That's, you know, all these moments are products of the pandemic, but also personalized. And so it, I'm sure I'm sure you get a lot of unique answers around this one. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to talk about the drive-in shows for a second because I didn't go to that one, but I had been to a couple and that was like the first time it was almost like a festival or almost like a big outdoor show. and. It was just so exciting. <laughs> and I love like I had to as a fan, I had to prepare for it, do things to get myself ready for it. And then when it actually happened, you're like, whoa, like, oh, my gosh, we're actually seeing live music with people. Like, even though we're in our own pods by our car, like there's other people enjoying it, too. <laughs> and it was so exciting. And so it sounds like for him actually getting to practice with the band and prepare and get ready and then release it to the world after so much time when they couldn't do that must have been so incredible. Yeah, definitely. And I, as he was talking about the way that they were connecting different uh, movie themes in between their songs, it reminded me of how people when we're in an experience and we're listening to a band and they're playing something that like we're expecting them to play, right? I mean, not that we know exactly what they're going to play, but it's like, it's not something that's surprising to us, right? Because it's songs that they would, we would expect them to play. But then when they layer in something else that's like unexpected, but also has an emotional connection because, yeah, it's you like know, nostalgic. movies... Yeah, exactly. Movies and songs, like they have that emotional connection. So when it's like this unexpected thing that has another emotional connection, it just like really enhances the experience to where, again, coming back to that holistic experience, like our brain is like, oh my God, this is unexpected. I'm not watching a movie and here I am. I'm listening to this theme song and I'm at a live music show and I was just listening to my favorite song and now they're playing the theme song from my favorite movie and it's just like, bah! <laughs> so much more powerful. Yeah. 
I, that reminds me of um, the Reed Mathis episode when he talked about how when there's like the lyrics, like you could be lost in this jam. And if there's like lyrics that bring you back, you feel safe because that I can go to the place in this song because they're eventually going to sing the part that I know that's going to bring me back. And so this is like you're in this jam and all of a sudden something's happening and you're not ready to be brought to back to this like place that's comfortable. Then all of a sudden they're like playing this and you're like, woo, <laughs> that would really make you like trust a band to take you to those special places. Cause now you're like, oh, I was in that unknown and I wasn't even expecting to be brought back. And now I'm like brought back to this nostalgia place that that's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like layers upon layers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and activating our bodies in so many different ways. So I yeah. totally bet that if we were to interview multiple people from that drive-in show, I bet that one of those theme songs would be a peak experience for them. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go to the members of Dogs in a Pile next. All right. So first up, we have Brian Murray from Dogs in a Pile. Well, for playing a show as opposed to seeing a show, yeah. One of the best moments for me was playing in a place called Mook's Joint in Vermont. You know that place? Yeah. And it was really cool because we had this whole big, like, PA system set up that's ours that we don't bring out too often. It's very complicated and big and requires a lot of power and whatnot. And it completely lost power during when we were playing Music Never Stopped by the Grateful Dead. And it was, like, directly in the middle of the song. And at one point, power went out and we took, like, five minutes to fix it. And then when it came back on, we resumed exactly where we were playing music never stopped and it's just an example of how the music never stopped through this whole pandemic through everything the music continues and <laughs> why don't deadheads like to play musical chairs <laughs> i don't know <laughs> <laughs> because the music never stops <laughs> 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 Sorry, I could not resist. I think that was pretty appropriate right there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's a good story. It was, it was. And again, it reminds me of the Ezra episode with the magic in the yeah. other moments about how that was an appropriate song for the music to stop and to make it <laughs> <Yeah>. even powerful <laughs> when it came back. And things like that, it's like, that's like the spiritual aspect of the musical experience. Nothing that we can control or can even really make sense of or like prepare for, but then all of a sudden it's there and it's just making it even more memorable. Yeah, definitely. And I love how they... Right when it came back, they just picked off, picked up exactly where they ended. Like, did that even really just happen? <laughs> or like, was that a figment of my imagination? Exactly. And that's nothing. I mean, maybe they could have come up with a plan to make that happen, to make it an even more powerful experience. But it definitely doesn't sound like that was the case. <laughs> so, Yeah. Well, also in those experiences, when those kinds of things happen, you don't have time to think. You're just reacting in the present moment to what is mm -hmm. happening. And I think that's why I've seen the power go out for a lot of bands. And those are some of my favorite 
like times at those people's shows ever. And it's so interesting because it's not something that they planned or could control or they even thought of. And then it just happened. And it's such a good lesson of like how you can do that in life. Yes, absolutely. And how important it is to be in the flow and to not allow things like that to ruin the experience because that's certainly yeah, a possibility. Stop trying to control things. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Because of course somebody could get stuck in their head and be like, oh, well, oh my gosh, the show is over because the power is out and we can't play anymore. But no, it's like, okay, what are we going to do? Whether it's because Ezra gave that same example of the power went out. They were at a venue in Arenda here in California and the power went out and they just ended up going acoustic until whoever it was could get it fixed. And that was such a powerful experience for the band. And also I know the fans there. So yeah, how could you open up to whatever is happening in the moment and just go with what is? Yeah. Then Nicole Nelson, when she was playing at Backside in Burlington, it went past curfew and they have a very strict curfew there because it's outside and there's neighbors. And if you go like one minute past with amplified music, they're going to like, <laughs> I think they get fined for every minute that they go beyond. So it was the exact time but everybody was like, play more. And she's like, all right, you know what? We're just going to sit on the edge of the stage. So she had the whole band sit on the edge of the stage. She's like, everyone, come on, get closer. And then just like sang us this song. And it was so intimate and beautiful and definitely did not plan that. And it just happened. And it was one of those magical, incredible experiences. Mm. So I learned so much from those when I witness it because it's so powerful. And then it also inspires me that when the music goes off or you can't, <laughs> it's not going the way that I want it to go, that maybe that could be something that's really exactly. beautiful. Yes. How can we open up to the possibility in this moment? Yeah. What a great lesson for life. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's hear what Brian's bandmate, Jeremy, has to say. So this is Jeremy Kaplan from Dogs in a Pile. I think since it's been back, the most fun I had at a gig was uh, in Atlantic City at the Anchor Rock Club. We played an after show when Fish was there. It was Sunday night, the end of the run. We started at about one thirty, two in the morning, and it was just unbelievable amount of fun. The room was filled with people, and all they wanted to keep doing was dancing. And so it was really engaging and energizing. Yes, the party, the never-ending party, <laughs> when you just don't want it to end. Yeah, and that's just another hats off to the audience participation and how our energy as audience members can really help to motivate and inspire the band. And even though super late in the morning when, well, not super late in the morning, but late in the morning when, or early in the morning, whatever you want to say, when the show started, everybody still had energy to get out. And that just like that feedback loop of energy, the audience feeding the band, the band feeding the audience, that kept that wheel turning and kept that energy high. Yeah. I love that feeling. Thanks for bringing us back there to that feeling of when you're so energized by a band and you go see another band and it <laughs> keeps on launching you mm -hmm. <laughs> into outer space. Spe yeah. Special times. Totally. All right. Let's move on to our next one. So Next up, we have the band members from Annie in the Water. So as a performer, I would honestly say today it was pretty transcendent for myself personally. Just the feeling of being 
my complete self is something that's lost upon me in the not necessarily the normal world, but it doesn't come easy. So to have that on stage and to be in the Adirondacks and to be like, you know, New York State guys, like New York State, it just was like all these things culminating together to just feel really great to start the day in that way. It was perfect. So I would say today will be the most important musical day. I am going to ditto that, Chris. Like you just pretty much explained the same thing that I was just going to say. Like today was pretty amazing. I mean, just felt good to be here. And I love you guys and love everybody. <laughs> I do agree. There's a, there's, it's what's really wonderful is there's, it was kind of a returning point for us too, because the last time that we were here was pre COVID. And that we were on main stage especially, but also had an after party here at the Adirondack Music Festival, so it, the Independence Festival. So it was it, it was culminating, but also it gave us a marking now. And like to see people come out at 1230 in the afternoon is, and really genuinely connect with our music was wonderful. But I will say I'm a little biased. That mine was the Ogden's very chilling. <laughs> so, okay, I'm just going to give this as a quick rundown because I think this is just to express you honestly. Today was a really, really wonderful day, and everyone, uh, it's palpable, it's wonderful, and we're super, super grateful. And we can definitely see where the Ford trajectory is going and our fan, our support. So, but we played this show. It was when things started coming back this past summer early on in the summer and we had been trying to individually have our stuff together and we were working and everything yada yada but either way we all came up together at my family's camp in Ogdensburg which is on the St. Lawrence River and so it's like it's just such a wonderful place and special to me but also Brock our percussion players from Ogdensburg as well and Brad had been living in his van in and out of my camp so we all came up to focus on writing some stuff or, or working together and we ended up having a really a good meeting and kind of getting our heads together as we were okay as we go forward. And then we randomly went to this local tiki bar, which is right by the Twin Bridges in Ogdensburg. If you go, it's a small town, but if you go up there, it's really wonderful. And we all just had this, it, there was just a sense of conviction that we all had going into it, that we were just trying to help out the community. We were trying to play for this little spot and have a genuine response. And this small town, which doesn't have much going on, came out heavy and we all just were together on the sound and the production we worked together on it and it was just like a very emotional experience for me and then I personally feel like we kind of went to a, a different phase we all communicated differently after that like ever since that show it's kind of set up this energetic kind of precedence of caring for each other but also listening for each other and stuff like that so it was really great but today was really really awesome too and it, because they're kind of they're equals in my book because that kind of sets for me like early point and this is like a really cool bookend that we were searching for that and and what the next chapter is is like be super super fun so yeah i was at the show at the adirondack independence music festival and it was um early in the day and it was sunny and beautiful and everybody who was there was just freaking out and so i think it's how he said it all like culminated to that moment and this was like okay now we've completed this and we're gonna go to the next thing like mm. i felt that yeah. And I loved how the first guy, I'm not exactly sure which one that was, but how he mentioned that he felt like the most whole version of himself as he was up on stage. Yeah, that was yeah, Chris. Chris. And it just reminded me of what we've talked about, how we have felt the most whole versions of ourselves at live music, just as a fan and a participant listening to it. 
And like, how amazing is it that we have this experience that we can go to, whether we're a musician or an audience member, where we can really connect to the most whole version of ourselves? Yeah, what a gift. And again, it just like brings me back to how this experience activates multiple parts of ourself. It's not, and yeah, it's not just activating our brains. It's not just activating our bodies. It's not just bringing us into that spiritual experience that unless we really put emphasis on that in everyday life, like that, that's not always there for people to experience. Yeah. So it's like, no wonder the live music experience is just so incredibly powerful for them because it's like all those layers are activated. Yeah. And so now the key is, which is what you and I talk about all the time, is bringing those layers into your daily life. It's not going to be the peak experience every day all the time because that's impossible. But even if it's one hundredth of that and you experience that every day, it's going to change your yep. life. Absolutely. So next up, we have Jeff Morad, who is a radio DJ. This has probably got to be it at the Adirondack Independence Music Fest because when everything got shut down, and I don't know if this is public knowledge or not, but Dave Amen, who runs this festival here, did a, a weekly series of concerts on his property, private concerts called Camp David, and that was Prohibition era boot running underground that feel so. But to now get to experience it where people are buying tickets again and bands are making money again and artists are all the craft vendors here, all the food vendors, all of that, to see that scene back together again, that is just, did I answer your question? This is it. This is it. To see it all back to normal again. Like, we've been doing it, but this is on the scale that it was two years ago. All the people filling the hotel rooms and eating at the local restaurants and bringing money into the economy here and supporting it all. That's it's back tonight. <laughs> yeah, it was back, baby. <laughs> that Adirondack Independence Music Festival. I went to one of those. What do you call it? Prohibition era shows on uh, Dave's property. And we all were like, are we okay to do this? But we are. <laughs> um, and it was like all in pods and very safe. He was trying to show that you can put on a show that mm -hmm. is safe and that that's possible. And he did it. And that's, I'm pretty sure why he did get the go ahead to be able to do the Adirondack Independence Music Festival, which was also a really safe way of experiencing music. And both of those shows that I was at that and the festival were like, oh, is this okay? And then, oh, this is okay. And like everything kind of melting away when the music started. Yeah. Because there was a lot of talk like on all the message boards and everything like before the festival of like people mm -hmm. freaking out about stuff. But then once you're there, it just like all melts yep. away. That reminds me of all of the themes that came up in our last episode, episode 36, about mental health and live music and how the return of mental health has affected did I just say the return of mental health? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the return of live music has affected our mental health and how there's two sides of that coin. There is the stress of going to a show or booking a show or playing a show. But then once the show starts, it's like all of that melts away. And I actually didn't share this in that episode, but there has been research done 
on live music where people's stress hormones were measured before and after the live music experience. And it was shown that stress cortisol and other stress hormones were decreased after the live experience. So yeah, that makes sense to me. I can even see it on the message boards. Like <laughs> I keep on bringing it back to that. But before the shows, everybody is anxiety and stressed and freaking out about stuff. And then the people that went to the show after on those message boards, it's a totally different energy. Yeah. So it also reminds me of episode 35, where we were talking about the meaning live music has on us and how how he was talking about the even though live music wasn't supposed to be happening during that time, people were finding ways to make it happen underground. And that yeah. definitely was apparent throughout those interviews from musicians, especially musicians and people that are making the music, but also fans, just like how important the experience is to our survival and and feeling for musicians and the people putting on the music, it was like just as important as water or food or sex or things like that. And so of course it's not going to stop. Like people are going to find a way, however it has to happen, just like they found a way to make liquor during prohibition, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. When it's something that they want, they figure it out. That's right. All right. Well, for our last interview, I think very appropriately, we have Dave who put on the Adirondack Independence Music Festival. So let's hear what he has to say. Yeah, Dave Amen. Yeah, it's been this weekend. This weekend's been fantastic. Best ever. What about it? Uh, Just the growth and being not having the festival last year just made it twice as good this year, I think. And seeing so many people that come every year and those people all say, yeah, I told all my friends and look, they're all here now. So I think missing something that you had and took for granted and then getting it back makes you appreciate it that much more. And so it is. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) That's that's just fact. Yeah, that touches on things that we've heard within this episode. Of course, the last few people really talked about how the Adirondack Independence Music Festival was their peak experience. And just being in the moment, he mentioned growth, which also Dogs in a Pile mentioned, or not Dogs in a Pile, but that Annie in the Water mentioned their growth trajectory. And also coming back to Jackie's experience with fish being back, and then my peak experience was the return of fish. So yeah, something about, like you said, not having it for so long and then coming back to it, it just made it even more special and even more palpable. Yeah. How important it is to like, or like a realization to not take it for granted, like not one single moment of a live music experience when you're having it because like it got taken away from us. Mm Mm-hmm. And it makes me sad the times where I like went to the bathroom or something <laughs> during a song and like missed something, <laughs> which I mean, if you got to go, you got to go. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know what I mean? I just was oh. when I didn't have it at all. I was like, oh, man, I wish I'd been more present at this time or this time or this time. And now it's like I have this dedication to be even more present and have all of those layers activated because you never know it could happen again. Yeah. 
Exactly. And that level of presence too, that's something that we talk about. I think that that's something that really the Groove Therapy Podcast offers for people to expand their experience in that way to really be able to activate the opportunities there all the time, but it's maybe not necessarily getting activated in the same way that it could be with that level of presence. And I'm just really happy that we can offer that to people. And I know we've talked about doing that in an even bigger way. So you guys out there, stay tuned because Tara Lee and I have a lot of things that we're really excited to be creating and to bring to you so that that's something that you feel like you're interested in or you want to do more of. Of course, all of the things that we've shared, you know, just taking a couple of breaths before to bring yourself into presence or really feeling all of your senses in the moment, finding a touchstone, like Tara Lee was saying, like arms out, legs out, feeling the wind, like that allows you to experience it again. Because our bodies hold those memories. And when we can bring ourselves back into a certain posture or gesture or whatever it is, it can bring us back to that place again, even more easily. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing that this podcast does is it like validates how you're feeling about music and why it's so important to your mental health and well-being. Yeah. And so if you have someone out there that just doesn't get it, have them listen to us so we can explain it and the science like backs it. And so it's worth every penny you spent and every minute you took off work and all the planning and everything that you've had to do to make a live experience happen. We can tell you it is worth it. And it's important, just as important to your health as drinking water and having smoothies. Yes, exactly. And we need people talking about this because we're trying to break the stigma of live music as just something for fun or a recreational activity. And especially as we age, this isn't just something that kids should do. <laughs> this is something that uh, yeah. everybody should do if they find it important. And hopefully everybody can find that thing that brings them into all aspects of their being so that they can feel like they're most whole beautiful self. Yeah, it's the most fun, beneficial, good thing you can do for yourself. <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. And we know that you know that. And so let's let yeah. other people know that too. Yeah. Yeah. So share. Hey, was there anything else? Yeah. Well, I was just going to say share this episode with at least one other person, whether it's a live yeah. music fan or somebody else that might be open to learning about how important the live music experience is go ahead and stop right now and send this episode to that person and say, hey, I think you might enjoy listening to this. Yeah, share it with one person who totally gets it and one person who doesn't. There you go. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and while you are sharing, you can, and on your phone, go ahead and follow us on all of the things. You can follow us on Instagram at Groove Therapy Podcast. You can come and join our Facebook group which is the Groove Therapy Podcast community on Facebook and join in on the conversations. And while you are sharing the episode, wherever you find your podcast, please make sure that you are following us 
And also, if you're on Apple Pod and you want to leave us a rating or a review, we would really, really appreciate it because that is how people are going to find out about us. So when you share that episode, be sure to give us a five-star rating if that's how you feel. And also just leave us a couple of words like, it's awesome, or this helps me remember why live music is so important, or whatever the words that come out of your mouth are. <laughs> yeah, if you got something out of this podcast, this is a good way of giving us an energy exchange um, by writing us a review. It really means a lot to us. So we appreciate everything. So thank you so much in advance. It really does. Yes. Thank you. And Tara Lee, how would the listeners find out more about you or do you have anything that you would like to share with them that can continue to add value to their life? Yeah. So if you have a lot of ideas and you need some help narrowing down what they are so you can take action on your dream life, like maybe there's something that you've been talking about doing forever and ever, I would love to help you to figure that out. And so I'm offering free sessions. And if you would like one, just head on over to my Instagram at rocking life with two underscores and send me a DM that says groove therapy free session. And I will know what that means. And we can set that up. I'm just so looking forward to helping you to live your ideal dream, most magical life doing something that you love. Wow, what a gift to you. Definitely take advantage of that. That's awesome. Yay. And I'll just add one more thing that I'm doing a retreat in Costa Rica in April. And so if that speaks to you, you can also DM me and just write the words Costa Rica and I'll hook you up with that. Sweet. Two really awesome yes. opportunities. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. And how can people get in touch with you? And is there anything you're up to right now? Yeah, well, I think related to everything that we've been talking about in this podcast, what I would like to offer is the guided meditation that I have done, which is called When the Lights Go Down. So we've talked multiple times in this podcast about how you can experience the same positive benefits of the live music experience, even when you're not able to be there by immersing yourself in the experience. And I have done this a lot for people. So I have a lot of experience in helping to immerse people in their own experience using guided imagery. And that's what I evoke in this guided meditation. And I would love to help you. And it is totally free. And you can go to my website at embodiedgroove.com and just click on the, you would like for me to send you the, when the lights go down guided meditation, and then you can have it forever. And whether you are at a live music show or can't get there or just in the middle of a busy, stressful work week, you can pop this on and it's like 13 minutes long or something. It doesn't take very long and you can go ahead and juice yourself up with all of that goodness that you experience with live music. Awesome. Everyone stop what you're doing and take advantage of that right now. That, what a lovely offer. Thanks for offering that to the world. Yeah. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Dr. Leah Taylor. And I also have Embodied Groove on Instagram as well. Cool. Well, we are a part of the Osiris Podcast Network, and we're so grateful to be a part of such an incredible community of podcasters and podcasts. So if you're into music, check them out, because if you like us, then you'll definitely like all the other ones. And we're actually going to be guests on a couple of them. So um, if you subscribe to all of them, you'll find out. <laughs> 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 or 
we'll let you know too. Absolutely. We will let you know. Yep. The Lost Highway is one of them that we'll have coming out pretty soon. And then also Helping Friendly Pod, we're going to be on coming up really soon too. So we will for sure give you the deets on those release dates, especially if you are part of our Facebook group. That's probably where we'll drop it first or we'll mention it in one of these episodes, too. So keep listening. Keep going to see live music. And we appreciate you so much for listening. Thank you. Yeah, we love you. We hope you have the best day ever. Yes, absolutely. Bye. Bye. Bye.